how are your finances looking in the age of coronavirus? Is your family one of the tens of thousands that is struggling right now? Who do you turn to when you're at the end of your rope? This is Signs of the Times Radio with Kent Kingston. Hey, it's great to have you with us on Signs of the Times Radio. I'm on the phone with Rosie Kendall. She is the CEO of Christians Against Poverty. She's based there in uh, in Newcastle. How are you, Rosie? I'm good, thank you. Excellent. I I think I might have seen Dave uh, Kendall speak. He's your, your partner, is that right? That's right. Yeah, he's my husband. So, yeah, he also works for CAP and does quite a lot of speaking engagements as well. So, yeah, I actually, I mean, I'm the CEO of CAP, but I think Dave has been out there and more people know him than they do me. So mm-hmm. I often get people say, I right. know Dave. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, so you, you you do all the hard work and he gets all the credit, huh? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not sure about that, but we, we both work pretty hard, I think. Yeah, yeah. Now, it's it's an interesting name for an organisation, Christians Against Poverty, and I guess a lot of people a lot of people would say, well, "I'm I'm against poverty too." But mm. so, what what is it that your organisation does exactly? Just to give us a thumbnail sketch to start off with, and I guess we'll probably explore it uh, in a little more depth, you know, as as we continue to chat. Yeah, so as you say, I mean, I think most people would be against poverty. We have a picture of what poverty looks like. Most of us probably, when presented with the word poverty and people in poverty, we probably think of third world poverty, absolute Mm. poverty, people that are struggling to, to put food on the table. And what we don't often think about or maybe is more hidden is poverty that is on our doorstep. Obviously, in the situation where we go going through at the moment and mm. is a big highlighter to people that are struggling and the fact that more people will be struggling through this time and essentially we're set up as an organisation to be a movement of Christians to support churches predominantly um, as the main movement of churches across Australia to give them tools to practically serve people that are financially struggling. We all probably recognise that poverty is complex. It's often way more than just financial poverty. There is often social isolation, mental ill health, other issues that create a situation that someone is living in poverty and so we give the church practical solutions to give holistic kind of care to people in their community in a way that shows people the gospel in action and gives the church something kind of a bridge into their community to be doing something that's more than just their meeting on a on a Sunday which again coming back to the current COVID-19 crisis is an interesting question to be asked asking ourselves when you've kind of what is the church if we're not meeting on a Sunday morning and and for us this isn't that's an interesting time to be to be asking that question and actually what what 
can we do as churches to be the church for our community and that's really what CAP is all about. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I guess, you know, a lot of um, NGOs in, you know, dealing with poverty and disadvantage in the community would basically, I guess, put a lot of effort into employing, you know, social workers or welfare workers, you know, setting up uh, their own programs and providing those to, to the public. But you're saying you prefer to work through local churches who are already placed in, you know, local communities or all over Australia. And of course, you know, CAP started in the UK and, and is in other countries as well. So th- this is your model to sort of, I guess... Absolutely. What, yeah. yeah. And you probably hit the, the, the sweet spots in terms of, you know, sometimes it, it feels like, well, maybe it would be easier if we set ourselves up as you first described and we employed case workers, social workers straight from, from here. But ultimately, we believe that the church is the hope of the nation. We believe that the church has been ordained to be the one that gives hope to individuals. And so we see ourselves as a, as a training and equipping organisation for the church to enable them to be the ones that can be the hands and feet of the organisation, to enable them to have a practical solution to people that find themselves in financial hardship. Mm-hmm. Now, look, whether it's you, you know, as an organisation or, or whether it's a local church, I imagine that, you know... The option of saying, "Hey, you're poor. Well, here's some money that that will fix it." Mm. It sort of seems like the, the the obvious solution, but my guess is that you probably don't have that money, and a lot of local churches wouldn't have that money for the people who are struggling with with poverty or, or debt in in their community. So, is that what CAP does? Just provide money, or, or is there more to it, or do you sort of take it from a different angle? Yeah, so we don't um, give people kind of handouts or cash kind of first up. I suppose we take we take the model of wanting to help people help themselves. We want to empower people. I think that probably that we really work hard on is recognising that actually we're all in a situation where we can learn from others that often we take a paternalistic view of service and help. So I'm the one with all the answers and I've got the resources and I'm going to give someone who needs help a gift, a one-off kind of interaction and that often makes me feel better but it doesn't necessarily give the person that's been helped the dignity and the empowerment to say, do you know what, actually I can get out of this situation on my own but I need help. And Mm. so our model is one that comes alongside people. So um, for our debt help work, for example, we train the church to go and be with people and help them over the long term. So we set clients up with a plan and often our clients are working with us from anywhere from three to five years. So it's not a quick fix, but uh-huh. we're able to essentially coach them and work with them, recognizing that we have things to learn from them and they have things to learn from us and build a sense of community and friendship in a way that sees them find freedom and hopefully long-term transformation not only for them but generationally and some of the most exciting stories for me that come through our church networks are ones where they tell us stories where grandchildren are now in church having a completely different life to the one that they would have had if 
the church hadn't been in maybe their, their grandparents' home, sorting out a debt situation that has kind of radically changed that generational impact and poverty story for those children. Yeah, yeah, in, intergenerational poverty. It's a pre- pretty horrific thing, you know, when, when a kid, you know, grows up in, in a household, never sort of seeing parents have a head heads above water or even other relatives or grandparents, like, like you say, and possibly not even seeing parents in full-time work or anything. It's really hard to imagine, you know, yourself living a different lifestyle when you're surrounded by people who, are, you know, who are struggling in, in, in that way. But it's, it's my understanding, Rosie, that there's something really powerful that CAP does, and that is, I guess you could call it advocacy or like helping people to actually contact those organisations that they are, like the people are indebted to, say, a, like a utility company, mm-hmm. like electricity or, or water bill or a phone bill or whatever, and to actually advocate on behalf of those people and basically negotiate a repayment plan that's actually closer to, you know, people's ability to pay. Is that an important part of of your debt work? Yeah, it's a crucial part, I think. So while we talk about empowerment, there are people that have come to us for help. They've come to us for help because they're often completely overwhelmed by their situation. And what they need is someone to come alongside them and say, do you know what, I do know what we need to do. Let's put a plan together and our clients that come to us for debt help, we put a plan together and then as you've described, we call their creditors and we have a conversation and we negotiate and advocate for them to get a repayment plan in place that they can afford and we set that up and often that changes as I said before, clients are with us for three to five years and so often circumstances change and every time they change, we're there to and renegotiate those arrangements talking to creditors can be really scary and overwhelming and often the way that we describe the service that we're aiming for is to empower the client to feel like they're in control and to feel like they're able to step towards financial freedom but to do that in a way that enables them to not be paralysed or overwhelmed by the stress of their situation and so to do that Actually, we, we come alongside and help as much as we can do, especially in those early few few months of setting up to make sure that that overwhelmed feeling, which often has left them feeling depressed and isolated, enables them to maybe return to work, maybe start doing some normal activities and that radically starts to change everything in their world rather than just the one thing that we might be, be looking at, which is debt. Mm-hmm. So in in the uh, the current you know COVID nineteen crisis, mm-hmm. I mean you, you know we've we've seen these sort of queues of people yeah. you know going down the street wanting to get into Centrelink, wanting to access payment. People who are saying they've never needed to access any sort of you know government payment uh, before, and now suddenly here they are. Is Cap able to do? anything for people in this situation I mean surely I heard I think it might have even been Scott Morrison said that we're talking about millions of people whose jobs are are affected by this yeah, so I think the current statistic is 2 million people have lost their, their jobs in the in the last week, which is why we're obviously seeing um, the numbers at the Centrelink offices that we are. And mm-hmm. while services are, you know, theoretically accessible online, um, actually 
the this is just unprecedented times. Mm, the the mm-hmm. system, um, Centrelink system, just isn't designed to cope with the volume of people that are now finding themselves in that situation. And so, essentially, CAP is absolutely able to help in this moment. I think that there's a few conflicting things going on for us in that as all other charities will be feeling right now, there's a kind of financial crunch on us and a mm. logistical one in trying to have people at home. And so we we feel like we're fighting for our survival, but at the same time, our client bookings are increasing. Our phone calls from our current clients, so the ones that are kind of on a debt, management plan and been with us for uh, you know six months a year two years our calls from them has been significantly increased since COVID-19 no, just because they you know they're losing their jobs mm. and, and, uh, and and what about in terms of those uh, churches who in you know various local communities are working with you are helping their the, the people in you know their neighbors their their friends are they sort of struggling to I mean you know with all this sort of social distancing and and this sort of stuff are, are people in in those churches struggling to continue the the work they have been doing? Yeah, so in terms of our our, our debt help work, normally we offer a face-to-face service. We go and see people in their own homes. Mm. And so we've had to really quickly flex around that kind of model and have put together a solution where we're essentially doing our service as relationally as possible via kind of or an internet kind of connection or phone connection. Often a lot of our clients don't have awesome access to internet solutions. Mm. And so we're trying to kind of flex around current government advice but continue to help people. So while people need help and the people needing that help is increasing, we're trying to continue to provide a service through the church and give them the, you know, we're hopefully the ones that can work hard on putting a new procedure together and a new practice together, kind of right, well, how does this solution now need to look and giving our um, church partners those new tools that are being developed almost on a on an hourly basis as we go through this to mm, make sure mm. that people that are finding themselves in an overwhelming debt situation. To be honest, it's probably slightly too too early to see a huge increase in people that are feeling overwhelmed by, by debt. It we're probably a couple of weeks, maybe even a month away from that if people have lost their jobs this week. Mm. You know, those bills will start kind of catching up with us in a few months' time. Yeah, what well, we are seeing is a, is a huge need for the CAP Money course. So that's another service or tool that we give to the church for them to help people that are needing to put a budget together, needing to work out what financial well-being looks like. How do I put a budget together? Actually, maybe as financially resilient as I thought I was, both in the church and outside of the church. And how do I go through and navigate this season well with God while my financial situation is maybe more and certain than it used to be Mm. and so we're mobilizing really really quickly we're actually doing our first and kind of training for churches on saturday as an online training medium so that churches come out and get access and be trained to run the cat money course again the solution for actually going through that course one-to-one will need to be remote or over the phone and we've come up with solutions for how how we think that people can do that because the skills of and financial well-being are 
critical, crucial at this time. It's mm. the one thing that if we can, as the church, become a place that offers hope and help to people at this stage, it could be a time for the church to really show people that the church is a place of community, even when we can't meet together. Mm. Now, that is a massive call and something that's going to be really, really difficult, but I believe that the church can do that. I believe that the church can rise up at this moment and really show Australia that this isn't about our meeting places. This is about building community that loves people and is willing to do whatever it takes to love people, whether in social isolation or social distancing or being far apart. We actually can be more connected than we've ever been before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that, that's really, really powerful, Rosie. And I mean, your your article, you know, looking at, at debt and poverty and, and the church appears in the April magazine of Signs of the Times and, and that that's when people will be hearing this interview even though like right now as you know at, at the time of recording as we're speaking it's still you know in, in late March so hopefully you know some of those you know those trainings and those new initiatives that you're talking about will be up and running you know by the time yeah, pe- people hear by this by April will be yeah will be well on the way and so if people people are listening to this and they want they want to access those courses or our debt help work for people, then yeah, they, they can get in touch. Yeah, yeah, and uh, your your number is uh, thirteen hundred double two seven triple zero for uh, for, yeah, for, for people correct. in Australia. So yeah, if, if you're listening on uh, on Faith FM or you you're in Australia listening on on the podcast, that is the number thirteen hundred double two seven triple zero the the emergency number we'll we'll certainly mention that again at the end of of our chat uh, rosie but for in, in the interest of of empowerment you know this is what you say you're about you're helping people to learn how to manage their own finances to if at all possible extricate themselves from from their situation what kind of practical tips do you have for people who are perhaps right now struggling with this whole sort of you know COVID-19 situation or perhaps even before that you know they were struggling with debt what are some practical things people can do like you know right now even without having to call cap in the first place what are some things they can try by by themselves using their own resources that that might actually make a positive difference Totally. And I'll come, I'll kind of tell you everything that I think you can do. And then I'll finish by coming back to asking for help is probably the best thing that you can do if you really are feeling overwhelmed. Mm. So there are things that you can do yourself right now and we'll go through those. But if actually you need help, then asking for help is a good thing to do. Absolutely. So, um, Absolutely. That's, that, that, that's okay. The, yeah. 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 So the first... So the first thing I think that we can do is actually talk about our budget or look at a budget. Do we have a budget? Do we have? Do we know how much money we've got coming in and going out? Often when we have a buffer, often when we have more income than maybe we, we need, the need for a budget isn't there. And so this is the time for us to be having more conversations around our budget. If you have a wife or a, a husband or you live in a household, I think the more we can have healthy conversations around where our money's going and agree on what we're spending money on, where we might pull back, where we might be able to save, it, this is this is the time to be able to do that. Mm. So, you, so Rosie, when, when you use the word budget, I mean, I'm fairly, you know, financially 
<laughs> so, sort of illiterate. You, you, yeah. you, you basically mean that you're actually writing down and keeping track of, like you say, how much money is coming in, how much money is going mm-hmm. out, and, and what you're spending on it. And I guess if you start recording it, those sorts of facts, instead of just sort of spending the money till it runs out and then you wait for payday, which is you know what, what a lot of us do, <laughs> let's face it, you, you're actually spending according to a plan. That's, a, that's what a budget is, is that right? A, a plan of how you're going to yeah. spend your money? Yeah. It is. It's a plan. And essentially, so through the Cat Money course, it's what we call a budget builder as a kind of tool in which you put, this is the money I've got coming in. And then it asks you lots of sim- simple questions. How much do you pay on your rent or your mortgage? How much do you currently pay on your food? How much do you give away to charities or to the church? What money do you spend on your bills? And kind of list all those things out. And often, most of us will be really surprised by when, if you do that process where money is really and in a time when people are tight in a time like the situation that we're going through where finances are really uncertain Mm. we can have conversations around our priorities so we might be spending quite a lot of money on takeaway food or we might be spending more money than than we thought we were on something for our children or but when we're actually able to look at that we're actually able to rather than making impulse spends as we go make informed decisions prior to being at the place or the point of spend and make make decisions so I think the more conversations we can have around that and our priorities the better I'd recommend people seriously considering cutting up their credit cards <laughs> I, this can be a, a, a time where it can be really tempting to do you know what the world's kind of in chaos and I'm Mm. just going to spend and worry about it later when the reality later will come sooner than we think and so now is the time for us to put that budget together work out what money we have and make sure we spend within our means Mm -hmm. so I'd the other kind of last little little bit of advice really is just to make sure that when we're looking at our spending is to make sure that we kind of align um, our current spending with beliefs or our thoughts. And so currently in this crisis, I think that for those of us that are still working and still have money coming in, Mm. then we need to make sure that we're still spending and we're still being generous and we're still giving so that those that are finding themselves in a really difficult situation at the moment are receiving the help and and support from charities, churches and just businesses that need our support. They need the income to keep everything moving and to keep their businesses open and their livelihoods and their people that they're employing going and for us to kind of do, do what we can where we can to, to make sure that the economy keeps kind of rolling around, but making sure that that's within our means and within our own priorities yeah. and fits within within our budget. Yeah, and and it, so the last thing was is, is asking for help. So if you do all of that and you still feel overwhelmed, or as you said, do you know what? I don't know where to start with a budget. That's mm. where I would reach out to your local church and say, have you heard of CAP money? Can we get trained as a church to do this? Can we get the tools mm. to put a budget together? Because I want to do this and I I would love to help other people in church and outside of church to be able to ask this poignant question at this time where financial is going to be very, very high. Mm-hmm. And I guess with, with this whole sort of, um, you know, COVID-19 crisis,
crisis. We've sort of seen the the best and the worst of humanity in in some ways, haven't we? It's, it's mm, interesting what you totally. say about you know don't forget to you know to still be generous. And I, I've certainly you know really been touched you know by the, the older couple that we know who <laughs> who actually gave us a an extra pack of toilet paper that they had you know because they heard we were getting low at, at that point. You know, so so nice. You know, and and I know at at signs of the times, you know, we still have people even in this difficult time still making donations still saying hey you know i believe that this is the right time you know for a magazine that that talks about you know keeping track of what is happening in the world around us and how this sort of links with with what the bible says uh, about the end times i say well yeah this is really relevant we're we're happy to um to donate at at this time do do you find that you're still having people supporting you guys at at christians against poverty right in terms of you know donors and and things like that they've they've seeing how important you are at at this time because i think they should be yeah absolutely i mean again (laughs) remembering that we're talking quite early on in this crisis it's probably Mm. really hard to know to be honest i'm talking to lots of other ceos and it's very difficult to know how this crisis is going to hit us previously when things like this have happened generally you would expect giving to to decrease as Mm. kind of consumer confidence decreases the biggest hurdle for us is that this point of the year we normally have quite a few fundraising events that have all had to be postponed to Mm -hmm. later on in the year and so yeah support I think is going to be difficult but at the same time I believe in what you've just said that I think that this is a is a moment that is important for for people that can be generous to to step up and to to give generously Mm, and mm. I think that God will provide for us in the way that he always has could that be difficult absolutely and we're probably going to have to work harder than we've we've ever worked before with our fundraising to make sure that the message gets out there that we need people to support us but ultimately I trust that God will provide for the places that he has called to provide the services to the church that he needs us to. And so we're going to carry on and believe that he bring will bring in the resources that we need. Yeah, yeah. So I, I guess the the message is for for people listening is, hey, you know, uh, r- right now it's it's not going to be hard to um, to find someone or or an organisation that is is in need of help. You know, it could be as close as the you know the family next door or or your own yep. you know siblings and yep. and their families that you're in touch with. You know, over the phone or, or via Facebook or whatever. Please, if if you're able, please you know be generous. You know, with individuals with organisations that are making a positive difference at, as we go through this crisis, like. Um, like Christians Against Poverty. Hey, thank you so much, Rosie, for, for your time. You know, things are pretty busy for you right now, so I really do appreciate that you've uh, taken time out to chat to us on Signs of the Times Radio. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. As uh, Rosie Kendall from Christians Against Poverty. And again, if you would like to contact them, the number is 1300 227 000, or you can jump on their website, which is capaust.org. So that's CAP Aust, as in CAP Australia. I guess you could just Google it CAP Australia Christians Against Poverty. We'll see you next week. Today's episode was based on an article appearing in this month's Science of the Times magazine. A subscription is just $26 for 11 issues a year. To find out more, visit signsofthetimes.org.au. Signs of the Times has been published in Australia since 1886 and is proudly produced by Adventist Media. 